the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. It's a shorter version of a full episode. And if you hadn't had an opportunity to go check out past episodes, please do so and make us a part of your podcast menu. This is a special one, a sort of a somber briefcast because of the set of circumstances around it. Uh, Let me start by saying this. I have not come to you guys in a while. I have been battling covid and I'm okay, but I have a lot of congestion, and I'm still working through that to get to be 100%. And with that in mind, I'm going to play an interview that I had with a friend of the show, someone I've been knowing for over 20 years, Jason Jenkins. Jason Jenkins was the Senior Vice President of Communications and Community Affairs for the Miami Dolphins. And I say was because... Jason Jenkins passed away tragically a couple of weeks ago, and I had interviewed him back in July. We'd had a conversation right before camp, and I was going to run it a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, I got ill and didn't run it and then got notified of the tragic loss of Jason Jenkins. And I debated about whether or not to play this, but I thought that it's a great example of who he was, what he did, what he accomplished, and the people who helped make that happen. And I think it gives you just a little bit of insight into how special he was. And he just illuminated everywhere he went. And you could see by the tributes online and from everybody, anybody and everybody who came into contact with him, just how special and unique he was. Now, I wanted to talk to him. Obviously, I've been knowing him over 20 years when he was the VP of athletics at Texas Southern University. And along the way, we've stayed in touch Uh, When he went to the 49ers, if he needed something, I know we did some stuff with athletes who had camps in Houston, and and just he made himself available. And the thing that I appreciate about him is that he made the world a better place. He really did make the world a better place, and it was sincere, and he was able through his position to help out the the city of Miami and people who needed assistance of of various kinds. He was a a guy on on the move. He was doing his thing. But yet he never, ever forgot where he came from and all the people that contributed to his success. The world is a darker place because he's not here anymore. But we had this conversation. I was going to run this on the podcast. But in addition to that, we were going to run it at halftime of one of the Texas Southern football games as a way of recognizing the wonderful things that former TSU folks have gone on to do. Now, obviously, he played ball at Texas Tech, but he had TSU ties through and through. Grew up in Missouri City, went to Willow Ridge, and uh, just had a great conversation with him on the podcast and, and really after we recorded. And I looked forward to visiting with him more and more, and I really appreciate all the nice things he had to say about me. But again, just a tragic loss. It's just unbelievable that this has happened and it's just another example of how precious life is and I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to his wife and his three children 
a beautiful family, just a, a beautiful guy. And he did so much for so many. And, and of course, uh, C.L. Whittington, his father with Texas Southern ties, his mom, who he mentions in this conversation, just a loss for Texas Southern, for, for, you know, for everybody that came into contact with him. So as a sort of a tribute to him, I want to allow you to get to know him through this brief conversation. Here is our conversation from back in July with Jason Jenkins. As promised, now joined by Jason Jenkins of the Miami Dolphins. He's the Senior Vice President of Communications and Community Affairs. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Now, thanks for having me. Excited to hear your voice again. Yeah, we haven't caught up in a while. Obviously, you come to town every now and then with the Dolphins. Last time I saw you was at a Texans game in the press box. But good to hear from you and so excited about what you were doing and what you've done. And I want to talk about a number of things. First and foremost, you have a uh, quite the responsibility as being the Senior Vice President of Communication and Community Affairs. Now, that's a large title. Tell us a little bit about what all that entails. So I oversee the, all the external relation items that come out of uh, the stadium and Miami Dolphins. So whether it's our football, our, your owner, player, coaches, interviews, business, you know, we have a lot of different entities that come in. Hard Rock Stadium, we, you know, we, we tie ourselves as a global entertainment destination, actually preparing for Rolling Wild you know, in a week. But Formula One, Miami Open, all the different entities that come out of here. The community aspect, which is something that I'm fortunate to be a part of and be a part of an organization that really cares about the South Florida community. So whether that's our player outreach, what our cheerleaders do, we have some programs around youth football. We have the biggest uh, fundraising event, the Dolphins Challenge Cancer Event, which is, is committed over $75 million for cancer research as well, along with education and scholarships. And the fun part, you know, the social media, the brand, the activities as well, along with game entertainment and marketing. So I uh, have a great team. You know, a lot of things on my plate. Every day is different. Every day is fun. I'm just fortunate enough to be, uh, you know, in a great organization that kind of values uh, diversity and inclusion. Well, I want to get to some of your roots, and I'm going to go uh, circle back to some of the things you do with the organization. But, of course, you have Texas Southern roots. You were the associate athletic director from 1999 to 2002. But your roots go deeper than that. Tell folks a little bit about your TSU ties. Well, uh, I grew up in Missouri State, Texas, with the Willow Ridge High School, and kind of grew up in an environment that was around, you know, TSU. My father, C.L. Whittington, uh, was a, a coach there, a defensive coordinator, was there with uh, Coach Highsmith, and, uh, you know, was a defensive coordinator for Michael Strahan and a, and a host of other great uh, defensive players as well, too. So, you know, TSU was always in my blood. I, I always remember uh, being on my dad's couch. You know, watching him putting together game plans for the different games and you know, getting a chance to work out, you know, with him and, uh, you know, and the team, you know, during that time as well, too. So I owe everything, I think, in my professional career and also my personal success to my time at Texas Southern University, working with uh, people like yourself, Ralph Cooper, Leonard Moon, and, and uh, George Thomas, and, you know, being out at, you know, TSU. And had a lot of people that looked out for me there, a lot of people that cared for me there. It put me in a good path to success. So, I can't say enough about my use and experience. I can't say enough about TSU as a real incubator for talent and also as a, as an association of athletic departments that can uh, grow and give you great opportunity. Well, you went on from Texas Southern. Your first stop was San Francisco with the 49ers. Is, is that correct? 
Yeah, from from uh, TSU, uh, getting a chance to uh, Tony Wiley, as as your listeners I'm sure knows, one of the you know great communications you know alumnus you know of that era. As you also know, Tony's a little bombastic and and, and uh, you know confident as well. So I'll never forget when I was uh, sitting on the phone and he kind of called and like say, "Hey, what's going on at this university? I never hear anything. What's going on there?" So he kind of liked how I dealt with him on the on the phone, how I followed up, and he really uh, gave me an opportunity to interview for a position out in San Francisco. I was there. So my goal was not to leave TSU. I mean, I think. I I enjoyed it so much and enjoyed being back home. It was an opportunity, you know, for an NFL football team, you know, open up. It was a great opportunity to take advantage of. So you've been with the Dolphins organization for quite some time. Initially, you handled mostly media relations. Talk a little bit about the transition to the senior vice president position where you included the community affairs portion. Talk a little bit about that process and what it's meant to you to leave just the football side to expand your role in so much more of an impactful way. You know, when I got to uh, here in Miami in 2009, you know, leading a football, leading being the director of media relations, you know, my goal was just to be a, you know, lead a communications department. And I think I was very fortunate enough to be around a group of people that kind of saw a little bit more in me than what I even thought and accomplished. And so having the opportunity to grow from director of media relations, senior director, you know, VP, and then kind of getting the new responsibilities in terms of the community, the foundation, some of the game entertainment and marketing, it, it's been it's been great. And I think the uniqueness about this position position is that even beyond the Miami Dolphins, you're talking about Hard Rock Stadium where we have Super Bowls, we have uh, national football championships. In 2026, we're going to have the World Cup. As I mentioned, uh, Jazz in the Guards, which is a big event, and Rolling Loud, you get an opportunity to kind of work with all those, but then also exploring that into the game entertainment and having your your hands in a piece of a lot of the different things from the brand perspective. And I think I think that's one of the real unique things about this job is that it kind of encompasses you know at least four different business uh, verticals, but also getting a chance to have a role in things that really impact the organization and the community as well. Well, one of the things I did want to talk about is. I don't think enough people realize how impactful NFL franchises can be. Obviously, on we we look at a lot of wins and losses, and and then of course you have those obstacles that come when you have PR hits to the NFL to to individual teams. But people don't realize the really good work these organizations do. Talk a little bit about not just your organization, but around the NFL, what these teams do for the cities that they're in. I think sports in general, they have an amazing ability to connect people and amazing ability to unite. You know, we have a program, one of our community initiatives is called Football Unites. And sort of the idea is when, you know, we win, we win a football game, you look in the stands, you see social media. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, identity, ability, or faith. When people get connected through these items of sports and their fandom, so how can we use our brand to really impact the community in, in a positive way? I know uh, whether it's uh, natural disasters, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's uh, just natural things around education, you know, health, safety. You know, we have a brand and we have an opportunity for to connect a lot of people that may not have thought they would have been connected in, in any other way beyond being a sports fan. So whether it's here in South Florida with the professional football teams and the colleges we have in this area, or even through Houston as well with, you know, with the great work that's being done by the franchises there. I think we just have this ability to have a, a commonality that kind of bonds people together when you can bond people together, when you see you have this shared commonality in one thing, that means you can have a shared commonality in other things as well, too. So I think using sports as a way to create positive social change, to try to create environments of understanding, environments of conversations, I think that's one of the most unique things about uh, sports in general. You've grown so much professionally. You've added so much more to your toolbox. Do you foresee a day where you will come back to Houston and to Texas, or will your talents remain in South Beach? 
I'm very fortunate uh, to be here. I, I love I love my time here. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, every job that I've been a part of, I thought that I would never never leave. You know, I, I thought I would never leave a TSU. An opportunity opened up. Thought I'd never leave San Francisco. This opportunity opened up here. But interestingly enough, you know, when I got to Miami, I didn't think my time was going to be that long. I mean, just just in terms of what my growth potential and what I was trying to accomplish from a career perspective. But getting a chance to be here, getting a chance to grow, getting a chance to get different, you know, opportunities, I think has been very unique. And I'm I'm very uh, happy here. I get a lot of things to experience with my family. South Florida is a great place. It's nothing like the food in Texas now. I still miss my gumbo, <laughs> still miss my catfish, still miss my Frenchies across the street. And I definitely, uh, I definitely experienced all those things, you know, when I got back, you know, to Houston. But I think this is a real, you know, cool and unique place to be. So I'm excited about, you know, what the future can hold. Well, one of the things that you've done has been pretty unique and a whole lot of fun. You went back to your alma mater, Texas Tech, and uh, you were a commencement speaker in 2018. Talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah, that, that was that was interesting, you know, getting a chance to be a commencement speaker. And that's one of those calls that I'll, I'll never forget because, you know, in my role in communications, we set up a lot of uh, interviews and set up a lot of different things. So when I got the initial call from Texas Tech, I thought they were looking to talk to Zach Thomas, you know, about, uh, about you know, coming back as a current football player, you know, as well. And then, uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe they were looking for Patrick Mahomes, you know, from being a, being a Texas Tech, you know, graduate and a football player. So, I mean, that was a, a surreal experience, getting a chance. I had really before that year – the previous year when I had a, a, an event, I hadn't been on the campus in 20-plus years. And so getting a chance to walk some of the, the halls, be in some of the buildings, being looked at as a level of uh, coming in as a student, that's not something I ever would have imagined or thought of, you know, starting at Texas Tech. And that from a professional aspect, to be able to have this experience, to be able to speak to the four different commencement uh, classes, to be a chance to experience just with my mother and father who were in the stands, you know, proud as can be. No, it was one of the greatest uh, professional moments of my uh, life. I want to talk a little bit about HBCUs. Now, you have a unique insight that maybe most of your peers don't in that you have a close connection with Texas Southern, with HBCU, the lifestyle and the experience. And obviously, you look around and you see the explosion and the excitement around the swag and about around HBCUs. What's your take on the growth of these institutions and these organizations? I mean, I, I think I think it's awesome. Like I said, uh, I know I would not be where I am today without my HBCU experience. My father and mother both went both went to Prairie View, so I just grew up in my blood. And, and having the opportunity to work there and work at the athletic department, you know, there at, at TSU, get a chance to experience time in Prairie View, I think is uh, is great. It's great to see the growth. It's great to see the commitment. And now, I, I think from a, a social media aspect, from what from what you're doing at KTSU and providing these avenues, you know, the, trying to level the playing field as best we can to be able to show these experiences. And I think people can know and show you, you can get a great experience no matter where you go. And I think that's all we needed with this opportunity. So I'm, I'm excited to see what HBCUs have done. I'm excited to see you know more TV deals and more opportunities to showcase the whole experience, which I think is a little different than any other place you could think of when you talk about the culture, when you talk about the pomp and circumstance, when you talk about the, the play that's on the field in a wide variety of different sports. We are deserving. We, sh- we should get our time. And I just look forward to continuing to see that growth because I think it's an amazing opportunity for young uh, students to be able to experience places like TSU, experience places like the SWAC, and HBCUs in general. And I think it's from a business perspective, it's starting to look up as well, too. 
We know that organizations have ebbs and flows on the field as far as success. And your job remains the same despite whatever happens on the field. But how does it impact you when there is a lot of excitement around the organization about what's on the field? Obviously, the Dolphins are one of the most exciting organizations this offseason with all of the additions and moves and different things. How does that impact your day to day? You know, we obviously lay on the cuffs, you know, last year, uh, you know, back-to-back, you know, winning seasons. And I think our goal is to consistently compete for championships. I think what happened this offseason with bringing in Tyreek Hill, you know, Cedric Wilson, Teron Armstead, you know, on the offensive side, Raheem Mostert, you know, coming you know, coming back, Chase Edmonds, keeping up players like Mike Gusecki, Emmanuel Ogba, who's actually from Missouri City, went to Hightower, you know, high school, you know, as well. Um, seeing a couple of people come back on the defensive side and locking up special teams. There's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. I mean, we actually have to temper that because you have to. We start training camp at the end of the month, and, we, and the goal is like not to get too far ahead of yourself. But there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm in South Florida. I think football is at an all-time high in terms of popularity and and impact, and also uh, you know viewership. So we, we're beyond excited, you know, for this season. You know, training camp is going to be coming around the corner shortly, and we expect you know full crowds here. So I think there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, but obviously they have to play itself out in the field. But we've seen a lot of great results there. And, you know, it's always better when you win. And it's always, a, you know, a fun environment when you see these players, these coaches, the staff that puts all their hard work, time, and effort into creating a winning product and seeing the success of that is fulfilling for everybody. Well, finally, before we let you get out of here, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, do a couple things. Acknowledge your family because, uh, of course, you have to have that personal support system. And also, anything you want to say to the Texas Southern faithful who uh, will come into contact with this conversation? Now, I appreciate that. My mom was always like, you better put my name in. So now, <laughs> so, so that, that's great. That's great to see. But my mother, Mary Clay, my father, Sarah Whittington, you know, my family members, uh, you know, back home, I, you know, it's always great to be a part and be connected back to Houston, uh, back to Missouri City where I grew up and I, and I owe everything too. But also, like I mentioned before several times, you know, I owe a lot to uh, Texas Southern University. I mean, it was a great experience there when I was there. I mean, I actually worked there from 1999 to 2002, but I felt it was always a part of my life, you know, kind of growing up there and kind of growing up in that environment. So it was an amazing experience for me. I can't say enough about what you have done, you know, what KTSU, you know, has done with you and following your podcast as well, too, and what you're doing to continue growth. So providing these opportunities, providing this access is just is just tremendous. And, and again, thank you for this opportunity to talk to your listeners. And I always know that TSU is going to have a special place in my heart. Well, we certainly uh, keep an eye out for you as you continue to climb and succeed and and represent us well. In addition to that, we'll be keeping an eye on those Dolphins. I've had a uh, disproportionate amount of Dolphins talk on my podcast, courtesy (laughs) of one Reggie Brown, a former NFL player who's from Miami. So, yeah. So we've been talking a lot about uh, Miami more than uh, usual. So we look forward to all of that. It's been great catching up with you. And let's not wait so long next time. You're absolutely right, man. Let's keep it going. I know we we play the Texans, uh, you know, this year here, you know, here in Miami. We're excited about that, but let's connect before that. But if not, let's definitely connect that week, you know, what's going on as well. Look forward to it.
Our conversation with Jason Jenkins, who uh, passes away at age 47, and the Miami Dolphins are, I mean, to talk about his impact on that organization, the Miami Dolphins announced the creation of two funds in memory of Jason Jenkins, Senior Vice President of Communications and Community Affairs through the Miami Dolphins Foundation, the Jason Jenkins Children's Fund, and the Jason Jenkins Humanity Impact Fund. The Jenkins Children's Fund will be fully committed to supporting Jenkins' three children. The Jason Jenkins Humanity Impact Fund will be directed toward helping people through various organizations Jenkins loved and served. Dolphins Chairman of the Board and Managing General Partner Stephen Ross has provided a catalyst contribution of $2 million, with $1 million dedicated to fully covering Jenkins' three children's educational needs and $1 million committed to continuing his legacy of impact on people and the South Florida community. I think it says a lot about the impact Jason Jenkins had on Stephen Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, for him to fund $2 million in charitable contributions. Of course, a million going towards helping his family and his children and the other, keeping the legacy and impact alive of what Jason did in the community in South Florida. And I imagine that there are people out there who will also be inspired personally to do more. I hope to be one of those people. And that fact that, you know, you want to pattern yourself after someone that has left such a legacy in such a short amount of time. He, you know, you want to be a better person because of the example he set and the energy he brought uh, everywhere he went. I just encourage you all to uh, look up and Google uh, what you can find uh, of Jason Jenkins. And I hope this conversation uh, gave you a brief introduction and some insight into him. And, and just look up more about him and just look at what people said about him. And, and maybe that'll impact you the way it has impacted so many others. So, uh, again, Jason, 47 years old, and uh, just want to, uh, again, extend condolences out to his wife and his children and all of those who knew and loved him. Rest in peace, Jason.